we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We ain't talking about the game. What are we talking about? We're talking about practice, man. Knocked away by Cheeks and a steal. Cheeks will use up the clock. What's good, y'all? Turn tone back with another episode of the 444 Podcast here with my good friend, Councilman Isaiah Thomas. What's good, Zeke? What's good, brother? How are you, man? Excited for another uh, episode of the 444 Podcast, ready to dive right in. Yeah, man. I'm chilling, man. You know, just maintaining during the uh, COVID, just uh, staying active, staying positive. Not much not much more I could do. Uh, you got a COVID update for us before we get into what we're getting into? Um, not too much of a COVID update for us in Philadelphia. The mayor, uh, offered his budget proposal. Right. So that's going to basically, uh, mean, um, it's going to be different than what he suggested originally. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the possibility of tax increases in the city of Philadelphia. Gotcha. Um, outside of that, well, the governor is looking at opening us up in Philly, uh, sometime in early June. Okay. And you know, us on city council, we're encouraging people to only leave the house for essential reasons. And when you do, to make sure folks are wearing a mask. So it's going to be a masked up summer. Uh, <laughs> trying to figure out how sports are going to operate and things like that. Those right. conversations are starting to happen now. Mm-hmm. Um, but not much of an update on my end from the city side, just because we haven't seen or heard or made much progress. You know, okay. we'll be down most of most of uh, all of the month of May gotcha. um, in Philadelphia and going into June. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. No doubt. And that is one of the things before we get into uh, the last dance that I was going to definitely make mention of is that I did see, I think it was yesterday, that the uh, NBA had released a tentative schedule or at least how they would like to start getting back into basketball that they released to the teams. And remember um, what I talked about, Tony, when we said what that would look like right. because of the traveling side. Right. I'm hearing about that schedule. It's looking like they're only going to be using two arenas. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think that uh, fans being a part of the games are still up in the air, but not even up in the air, but on the, weighing on the side of not being there. You know yeah, I, mean? I don't so, think that's going to happen. Yeah, so um, just something to, um, to pay attention to going forward. Uh, so, yeah, let's get right into it, man. Uh, the last dance, uh, last time we were here, we talked about episodes one and two. Uh, if you've been under a rock or you just, I don't know how you would not know about this, but... Uh, ESPN is airing a special called The Last Dance. Uh, it follows the 97-98 Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan's last title run. Uh, yeah, it was not not necessarily his last dance because, as we know, history tells it he comes back um, to play when he's 40. But um, it's his last title run season uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Um, so uh, uh, when we left off, uh, we were talking about just early Jordan. Uh, the Bulls had just acquired Scottie Pippen. Uh, we talked briefly about Scottie Pippen's contract and what he was making, uh, you know, just things of that nature. And um, so now um, ESPN has aired uh, uh, episodes three, four, five, and six uh, to this point. So, um, yeah, man, let's get into it, man. Episode three uh, centers heavily around Dennis Rodman. I think this is a lot of people's favorite episodes so far. I think um, in conjunction with this um, with this actual uh 
documentary. Dennis Rodman also had a uh, 30 for 30 on ESPN that uh, was definitely uh, critically acclaimed as well. And just an interesting person, to say the least, you know what I mean? But when it came down to basketball, I don't think anybody questioned his heart, desire, skill, or what it is he brought to the table on the basketball team. So um, just them acquiring Dennis Rodman, just, uh, just, just the... Everything happening with Dennis Rodman around the time, it was kind of crazy, man. How, how did you, when you were watching it, how did you, what was going through your head, man? I know uh, some things were. Because we live in the era of social media and technology today. And right. for somebody to go off the grid like he did for the amount of time he did is, you know, at the time probably wasn't a big deal. Right. In today's era of media, news, and technology, it would have been, been a huge deal. But then also, if you looked at, like, how he was just able to bounce right back and be ready to go. Not the most famous out of the, you know, Bulls uh, championship runs. He's not the most famous person, but at the same time, he's well enough, uh, well known enough for people to kind of be intrigued by the story. So I understand why a lot of people liked the Rodman episode. I thought it was a good one, and I right. thought it was one that really began to show his value, value to those that second three P team. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just um, I like the way that they uh that they get into his basketball mind. I like the way that they gave a little bit of clips and just you know the little conversations that him and Mike had on the court. Um, I actually did get a chance to see a uh, clip. I was it was on my timeline the other day. Dennis Rodman actually has a detail out. Um, detail is the series that was uh, started on ESPN by Kobe Bryant. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. But it goes inside the game and just plays and you know uh, the greats break down what's going through their mind and what they're thinking and. A lot of people just look at, you may look at Dennis Rodman, you may look at some of the tapes and just say, oh, wow, it's just a guy just out there going wild and playing and doing all of this. But um, just to see him, one, break the game down in that one detail episode, and then two, uh, on the last dance, he spoke a little bit about what he would do. And he said, like, you know, I think um, in, my, in my mind, I think about how um, kids today, or just or just not even kids today, but Kobe, uh, uh, just take him the mama mentality, and he would go and he would say he would take every shot that he would take in the game. Well, Dennis Rodman would go in the gym with a shooter and make him shoot. And he would try and catch every rebound and see how to, how every different kind of way the ball could bounce in a game. And just that level of dedication to your craft, I think that that's what people talk about when they talk about the greats, man. And I, that was that was very awe-inspiring to me. <laughs> I agree 100%. And it showed um, an area as far as being highly skilled. Mm -hmm. That a lot of people don't work on that. Mm -hmm. A lot is not that popular. So right. I, I agree. I thought that was dope. Right, right, man. But um, today I agree with just with the social media. Um, I, just as you were talking, I was thinking in my head like just the way that Dennis Rodman even approached it and the Bulls handled it like a democracy. Like it wasn't just a coach's decision. It wasn't just the owner's decision. It was like the the team waited out. You know what I mean? And I think. Once they decided that they were going to let him go, I think keeping it under the wraps, keeping it hush-hush, uh, uh, and like you said, it was way it's way easier in the 90s than it is now. I mean, you got Twitter and everything. It would have been fans with their own phones. Like, Dennis Robin is here. It's a game in three days. You know what I mean? It would have been crazy to, in, 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 today's, in today's world. But just yep. to speak to the camaraderie and just the, uh, the, 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 the team aspect um, that you see, and that's long-term team stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't... Uh, you probably don't do that for a guy that's. I mean, granted, Dennis Rodman was the, was the guy that was last in, but you know what I mean. The, the, he, at the at the he core, the stripes. Yeah, right, like that. right. And you were speaking to that too. Just, yeah, he definitely earned the stripes, like you said. Um, because the story after that that was funny was how in practice when he when he actually came back from the Vegas trip, um, 
How they were, they, ready to go. he was ready to go. Like they did like a little conditioning drill, and Mike was telling everybody, "Look, we gonna walk this because we don't want Dennis to yell at me." And Dennis is out there going full speed, and they had to end up catching up with him in that one drill. So it's just like you said, just spoke to his professionalism, just spoke to how he was locked in, he was zoned in, and even though he wasn't a prolific scorer, he's definitely a prolific player, a Hall of Fame player in this league. And I think that that they outlined that really good um, um, in the third episode. I agree. Yeah. Um, then moving along, we had uh, in episode four, um, we had uh, some Pistons, the, the Pistons saga, man. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, in sports, there are leaps and bounds. There are speed bumps. There are uh, obstacles that you must overcome. Usually it's, it's in the form of another team and, and, a, and an adversary. Um, you know what I mean? Who has been to where you want to go. Uh, and you have to knock that team off to kind of like earn your earn your stripes, you know what I mean? So for the Chicago Bulls, uh, that was historically the Detroit Pistons. Like I said, even though this is the last dance, the uh, documentary kind of jumps back and forth from uh, the present day, which is 1997-98, uh, which is the most current year. And it goes all the way back from Jordan's rookie year to, you know what I mean, just seeing how the team was uh, was worked up. So um, we're going to go flash back to when Dennis Rodman actually played for that adversary. Um, and was the head of what they called the Bad Boy Pistons. Uh, this is this is what I think a lot of, uh, a, a segment um, um, of the uh, um, the uh, documentary that a lot of people were looking forward to. Like it's it's heavily 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 documented. It's heavily talked about over the last thirty years, I guess it is now uh, from the nineties, and um, to just see. Uh, uh, in detail, just to, to see what had to happen for Jordan to win. Um, I don't know, man. I, I know the story has always been told uh, one way, but I just, me, I was taking a, look, a couple of notes, so I'm going to let you chime in and see what you got to say about it. Um, damn, I got to look like, uh, no, there you go. No, nah, I just, I <laughs> think, um, I, me personally, I think that that part was the thing that, you know, it made, for people who don't know, it made him who, who you know, who he became. Right. Um the the bad boys pistons i think also created great dialogue around um um a lot of different things after the episode was over right, right. so now that week after that episode a lot of people were talking about um mike and the bad boy pistons and what it really meant and right. was he the greatest player of all time and how they impacted him being the greatest player in all time and the jordan rules so I thought that episode was good. That was one of the episodes that probably didn't have the most new information. Right. Unless you wanted the youngins who just didn't know about um, that team and the impact it had on that on, on Jordan's legacy. Right. But um, overall, I think it was interesting to see that the tension is still there. I think that's what stood out more than anything. Right. Um, so Jordan had to see these guys three times in the Eastern Conference Finals. And... Um, to piggyback off what you said, there's definitely no new information. Uh, it's, it's, it can't be. I mean, it's 30 years old. There's no new information that has been divulged. But I think um, little known information uh, was highlighted. And I'm going to get into that because I had a conversation earlier this week. Just It just poked up because I watched it. Uh, I watched episode four again maybe two days ago, I think. Um, and I was just taking some notes and some things stood out to me. Like one of the things that... Uh, like the conversation, uh, plain, plain and simple, has been, uh, you know, Brown versus Mike is just heavy, it's heavy conversation. Um, me in, in that conversation, I don't, I don't want to, I don't take any sides on arguing the greats, right? Um, I, I, I think it's a generational thing. I think they all one um, complement each other. To, uh, the, the, the earlier 
uh, the the uh, the later um, superstars have, are learning from the earlier ones. That it's like a passing of a torch kind of thing to me. Um, one thing that that is annoying to me, and I'm on record in saying this, is just the godlike way that Michael Jordan is explained. And like, I get it. I just feel like it's all of it is 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 valid. But I just feel like all of his accolades and things you can explain or debate or converse in a way that's not godlike. And I'm um. I'm going to explain uh, what I'm talking about because I pointed some things out and I seen because, um, and you can stop me when uh, when I'm wrong, but um, the uh, the narrative usually that we get is that uh, Mike had to overcome the, the bad boy Pistons. Uh, it took about three years, um, 1989, no, uh, was it, was it, yeah, 1989, 1990, in 1991, 89 and 90 is when the Bad Boy Pistons go back to back. Now, prior to 89 and 90, the Bad Boy, the Bad Boy Pistons went on a uh, run of their own or, or uh, an ascent of their own that they had to overcome to the Celtics. So that leaves us at 89. So in 89, you have uh, the Bulls and you have the Pistons for their first title. And the um, is it for their first title? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, you have the Bulls and the Pistons for their uh, for the Pistons' first title in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, here you have the Bulls losing 4-2, um, to the Pistons, uh, and like I said, the story that we always hear, or the story that I always, that, uh, that I always heard was Jordan loses to the Pistons because of the Jordan rules, then he has to get stronger. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, that's what folks say. It's, they say strength, but also... You know, they in hindsight they also say he needed more people in the Phil Jackson text winners offense, triangle offense, all that stuff. Right, right, right. So well, it's just some things that um that poked out to me. I'm trying to bring some numbers up here. I'm going um I'm going to find it uh in a minute. I'm just I'm just searching real fast. Um, but it was just some things that really st that really stood out to me. So we have uh uh in the um 89 series. We had Michael Jordan averaging 29.7 points, 5.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists, and two steals. You know what I mean? Uh, Scottie Pippen averaged 9.7 points, 7.3 rebounds, three assists, and a steal and a half. So my my thing is, I think for the Jordan story and the Jordan lore, like I get it. I, I completely get it. But... I don't believe in the Jordan rules. I believe that the Bad Boy Pistons, that was their style of play. I believe that was the 80s style of play and that they beat everybody up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, I get, I get the lore. And I'm not saying, this is not to debate with you personally, Zeke. You know what I mean? This is just to say, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 a narrative that's been put out there and just to show lore and what, and what, in my opinion, I just get annoyed with, with the, with the guy like Jordan stuff. Uh, so we'll move to 1990 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Where the Bulls uh, again see the uh, Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals, and in this series, the second series, Jordan averages 32.1 points, 7.1 rebounds, 6.3 assists, and 2.1 steals. Scottie Pippen averages 16.6 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists, and two steals. Now, Scottie definitely steps his game up. This series goes to a Game Seven, but as the documentary shows us. Scottie Pippen goes blind, blind, completely blind. Whether he, whether that's true or not, whether the uh, 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 accuracy of him having a migraine headache, whatever, whatever it is, but um, Scottie Pippen goes blind. Bulls win Game Six by 19, mind you, 
And then Scottie Pippen goes completely blind in Game 7. They end up losing, and the Detroit Pistons win their second title in a row, or, or go to their second finals in a row, where they'll eventually win the title. Um, yeah, again, 32.1, 7.1 rebounds, 6.3 assists. I, I just need to see the accuracy of these Jordan rules. Like I don't really believe in the Jordan rules, and I think that's what it is that I'm really pointing out here is just that's got to stop, like, to me. It it, it, it could, it, it doesn't, but it ain't no Jordan rule. Jordan, Jordan what are, the, what are I'm, I'm on the side of the Pistons with that. Like, and then and then I also did some digger deep, and then, and like 75, 80% of these games, Mike is the leading scorer on both teams. Like, it's like, what what Jordan rules? Like, I don't think that that's needed in the yeah, Jordan you think, story. You're saying it basically, you know, it, it heights up the legacy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, we don't need that. It's, it's things like that. Because if you have a conversation or if you have a uh, 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 a debate, how, however you uh, call it, with another person, let's just say who may be a LeBron guy, and they're going back and forth, it gets a point in, the, in this conversation, all of these conversations with everybody, where somebody will say, Jordan had to overcome the Pistons. He went and he lifted weights and he did all of this stuff and then he over he over uh he overcame the Pistons and then uh and then uh contrast they'll say LeBron couldn't get past the East so he went and he teamed up with somebody. And I don't think that's true. I think that they both were in the same position where they were both doing their part. They were both doing all that they could do. And they definitely made two different decisions, but I'm I I'll say all of this stuff to say that this GOAT conversation with all parties involved is a little bit closer than we would like to think it is. It ain't no clear-cut winner. Like, a lot of these people have taken the same path and have reached the same speed bump and have gotten over that same obstacle. They have done it in different ways, and in that and, and that's where the conversation probably goes. Uh, not awry, really, but just where the conversation just goes different to me. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I can't pick a clear-cut GOAT. You know what I'm saying, but I understand. Yeah, because it's also in the context of your error too. Right? Exactly, and you that take somebody out of their error and drop them in the error before them athletically, you know, just because of natural evolution is going to have a different feel to it. But at the same time, you know, it's it's very it makes it even harder to talk about like who to go just. So I right. agree with you 100. percent Right, and 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 in speaking of that error that I'm talking about, when you talk about error, I think that what can be said is that I think Jordan may have played in the in the single most important era for the NBA or basketball. And I think that that was the era that basketball went global. And I think when you have a uh, uh, a talent like you do, um, I think when you have a talent like that, like you do, that you have to use that as much as you can when marketing that product. You know what I'm saying? Agree, 100%. And the thing that makes the... the the whole legacy of Jordan, you know, what it is, is the marketable side. Like, the fact that he took the NBA from, you know, converses and rules right. to this global economy that we see before us. Right, and I completely I, I completely get that part right there. We're going to take a quick pause right here. And the game is over! The game is over! The Philadelphia Eagles! Eagles fans everywhere! This is for you! Our Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let celebration begin. All 
All right, y'all, we back, man. We talking the last dance sitting here with the councilman. Um, so before we left, we were just kind of just talking about the, uh, you know, the saga with the Pistons, um, the Michael Jordan lore. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but um, one thing that I do uh, that I would like to uh, say that uh, just to speak to the Michael Jordan, I don't think that I don't think it's talked about enough. I know they talk about his killer mentality, but I think it was outlined a little bit more in this uh, in this series. Um, it started with the Pistons and, uh, you know, he eventually overcomes the Pistons. Uh, they win their first uh, first ever NBA championship, even the first ever one for Chicago, not even the first one for Michael Jordan. But um, the very next year, which is what uh, episode five gets into, is the back to back. So um, we know Mike this whole time, uh, he just was so focused, laser focused on getting the NBA championship. So you think to yourself as a champion, what now? And it's to uh, uh, to get another one, of course. Um, you know, if if you if you still have that drive, and that's some that's something that he definitely still did. And he said that one of the things um, that was driving them in that second year is that people were um, comparing them to uh, Clyde Drexler. And when they finally had, uh, met on the collision course in that second finals, when the Bulls played against the Blazers, um, I think uh, that that's what he was out to get. And I say all that to say that Mike was really good at creating the narrative. In his head, and it goes on down um, a couple more instances in, in uh, uh, further on along in the um, series as we get there. Um, but Mike was really good at um, creating this narrative in his head, sticking to that narrative, and like and like making that narrative a reality for him. And I think that that helped him a lot with just his make his his laser focus and that killer mentality that we had. And I don't think enough of that is said. Just how he how he did that, almost you know. Um, the parent to the mamba mentality. I know a lot of people say that uh, 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 these days, but um, uh, can you speak to that, Zeke? I know. I, did you did you recognize that at all during the? Um, I know. I know. I, I, I just. I just. Saw, it's always a narrative where he always attached himself to something that he was like, you know what? I got. I got to stick to this. This is what it is. This is what they saying. I got to prove them wrong. I think that's what makes him the greatest yep. of all time. Like yeah. That drive right there that you're talking about mm-hmm. to feel like nobody should be compared to him. The competitive nature it also spoke to the gambling as well too just the right the need and the, the the desire to compete but i think that right there like that is a unique trait that a lot of human beings don't have a lot of people don't want to do whatever it takes to be the absolute best right. most people 99 percent of people you know at some point falls to the wayside because it becomes too much it becomes too time consuming it becomes overwhelming exactly i think that's it right there and i think well, people who choose mike over lebron mm-hmm. is that dog right there that people are talking about right where it's like this dude will eat you alive you right. know lebron he want to stitch you up right make sure you're good it's and even uh if people talk about the different leadership styles and you can see mm-hmm. the, the personalities and the different leadership styles in them and you know to each is his own to what you think is most effective but I think that tenacity that you're talking about, Tone, that yeah. don't compare him to me, he's not on my level. Right. I think that's what makes him the greatest of all time to me because no, he's the ultimate competitor in my mind. Now, right. other people will argue, right. but from what I've seen, that's that's what I go with. Right, right. And it's, and, and it's not something that I think you can argue, man. You, you just definitely can't, man, especially just, just looking at it. I really was thinking about that, just watching it, just seeing how he always um, – and you can see the way he talks about it even now. And he hasn't played in years, but he just, it's like almost like he puts himself back in that moment just to give you that mentality of what it was he was thinking, what it was he was going through. Like even the years when he was getting his ass kicked by the, the, the Pistons, you know what I mean? They made a lot of, uh, 
a lot of people made a lot of gripe, even even now, even again, like when they showed again how the Pistons didn't shake their hands or whatever. And Mike was just speaking to the fact that how even when he was he hated it and he was getting his ass kicked, that he would still show that sportsmanship and things of that nature. Um, so even f uh, uh, for all of that killer mentality that they had, it was a certain respect and a certain couth that Mike showed um, toward the gang, towards his competitors. And I think that that's to be applauded, too. Um, uh, moving along uh, in episode five. So we have Mike going in uh, and the Bulls going in their uh, second season of the, uh, the three-peat. Um, tensions are still high between Jerry Krause and, and Michael Jordan. Around, and at this time, um, also, uh, uh, Michael Jordan is, is really, really, really ascending um, off the court. I mean, uh, ev everything um, from sneakers to shaving cream to batteries to cereal to, you know, um, if you're not a basketball enthusiast, which up until this point, you, pr you pretty much had to be to be a fan of the NBA. Now you're getting wind of this great game, this great sport through this amazing athlete who's pretty much uh, uh, marketing and selling anything that he can get his hands on. It just was like a marketing he was like a marketing genius, uh, not, not him himself, but he was like, not a marketing genius, but like a marketing just, uh, um, he couldn't lose, man. He was, it was, it was, it was like a, 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 a situation. It was a guaranteed where, win. Yeah, it was a guaranteed win. Like if you sign Jordan to your product, you knew your product was going to skyrocket. Exactly, exactly. Just the way that he carried himself, the way that he was so personable, the way that he was presented, um, in the media. So all of that is happening around this time. And then, um. You know, we fast forward and we get to the uh, the NBA Finals, the 1991-92 NBA Finals, where the Chicago Bulls meet the uh, the Portland Trailblazers. And like I told you before, his his thing was just that he didn't want to be completed. He didn't want to be compared to uh, Clyde Drexler. Um, and he said no disrespect to Clyde Drexler, but he just thought that, that he thought it was disrespect, <laughs> just the way that uh, he was getting um, uh, compared to him. So he just he he set out to uh, to one to set the naysayers wrong, to, to set himself in, in a different air in that situation, and to also put himself where uh, a lot of his uh, his peers, uh, the Birds, the Magics, the Isaiah Thomases of the world were, and that's winning multiple championships. And that's what, another reason why just winning one wasn't enough. Um, so he set out, and he and he did that. Um, yeah, I think episode five and six did a good job of showing – Jordan through the lens of his peers and how yeah. beauty. Yeah. You know, once he talked about him winning the all-star game MVP in his prime. Right. Um, it talked about the back to back and it had Barkley on, talking about how great Jordan was at that time. Right. You know, anybody who doubted, you know, his his peers showed you and told you what they thought. Right. Yeah, it was it was it was really good to see. I mean, they respected him. They also uh they also they also hated him. They hated him. They hated the success of the Bulls. They hated that Michael Jordan was doing the things that he was doing. And not to mention, Mike wasn't really humble about it either. He wasn't not, wasn't a really humble person about it. Like I, like, I don't know Mike personally, but just from the things that they that were being said in the, um, in the documentary, uh, and sh not even said, but just shown firsthand of how he act. Mike could be a real asshole. Um <laughs> To his teammates. To his teammates. Yeah. Not, especially to his teammates. Yeah, especially to his teammates and in the setting. But even outside of that setting, um, Mike can be a real asshole just in regular. When the ball's not bouncing, when it don't have anything to do with the ball bouncing, when it don't have anything to do with the development of, th of building a thick skin, because I know that that's the, the geist that everybody would want to run to. No, Mike's, Mike's an asshole, yo. <laughs> like, Mike's an asshole. Like, like, just from what they... 
Like the, he's in there pitching quarters with the with the security people. You know what I'm saying? Like it's to that. You know right. what I mean? It, it's to that. Like he's a, he's a real asshole. Like, and that's cool. That's that's and that's and that's that to me. It, that's fine to me to show the human side of a person to show that a person isn't all perfect to show like that's fine to me i can see why a lot of people a lot of entities probably wouldn't want that side of michael jordan to be set out i can see why michael jordan said prior to this being aired people are not going to like me when they see this i can see all of those things um but for me yeah, personally i don't think he was a good teammate yeah yeah um but like you said, people have their different styles. Uh, you know what I mean. Um, one of the things that uh, another thing that's a hot topic conversation is this thing, and I've only seen this in like the last two days. But this thing going around that Mike would uh, deny Horace Horace Grant food on the airplane or something to that nature, um, and it caused a lot of static between him and Horace, and to the point where I think Horace wanted to put hands on Mike, man. And I was questioning, just having a jokey conversation with Ease and Preston the other day, and I was. I'm like, yo, do you think Mike had hands? Do you think Mike could defend himself? Or he was doing all of this stuff because he knew he was untouchable in the league's eyes. Like, you can't do anything or get into any kind of extracurricular activity that might injure Michael Jordan. And I think Michael Jordan knew that. And that was a lot of his asshole. That was a lot of his assholeness. Like, he he, he used that and he wielded that against people. And I think that that built a lot of resentment between him and a lot of people. And I wanted, I mean, not, not to be gossipy and all he say, she say, but I wanted to see see more of that. Because I know it's more of those stories. Like, when they come out and they talk about, uh, what were they saying in uh, episode six? Uh, Horace Grant had a really good relationship with Sam Smith. Sam Smith was the writer. Who wrote the book. Yeah, he, uh, he wrote the book. Was it, not Michael, it wasn't Michael and me. It was the Jordan Rules. He wrote the Jordan Rules. Um, but I guess in the Jordan Rules, a lot of things was happening. Uh, a lot of words, things, situations were leaked out in that book and things were said. Yeah, I think he also, he, he viewed Horace as the leak, too. So right. That's probably part of the problem as well because, it, you know, I one of the things that I found out that I didn't know putting my political hat on is that um, Jordan never publicly made that statement Republicans buy sneakers. Ex- right, that right. Was like something he said on a plane with his, right. you know, with his folks and on top of that. I never knew Jordan donated to the campaign. So just as somebody who run for office, right? Exactly. If I say, look, Michael Jordan, can you support me? Mm-hmm. And he say, look, I'm not really comfortable doing a commercial, right. but I'll write you a check. Exactly. Shit, that sounds just like what Jari did for me. <laughs> right. Nah, just, I'm dead. Just being real. Just like, being real. I understand, I understand how somebody on a professional level might not want to get involved in that. And everybody talks about LeBron and how socially active he is and all that stuff. Obama, I've only seen LeBron support Obama. Right. And that's easy. That's like being against Trump. Right. Right. That doesn't, that's not, like, you can't really, and I'm not knocking Brian. Brian do a lot of great stuff, but exactly. he's not politically get engaged. Most athletes, <clears throat> for, for a number of reasons, mm-hmm. they don't actively get involved. They might say they support, they might write a check, but, like, people was mad because Jordan didn't want to do a commercial with him. Right. It I'm was, not saying he should or shouldn't. I'm just saying, you know, when you look at the entire story, he did write the check. Right. I don't know how much it was for, but right. But and then another thing that people do, like, uh, and and this, that's and that's what they were saying. And Horace maintains um, that he never said anything. And um, off the surface, you probably don't want to believe him because he does acknowledge his relationship with Sam Smith, the author of that book, but. During the documentary, two things point out. Just point out to me, just as a thinker myself. Uh, one, B.J. Armstrong said himself it would have to have been more people than just Horace, even if it was Horace, to leak that stuff out because a lot of the stuff was like, you know what I mean? Like, Horace not really 
Like, why would Horace say that? Of all the things that Michael Jordan say, why would Horace go in? Like, Horace ain't a political person on either side of anything. You know what I mean? So that's number one. And then number two is Craig Hodges is is on that roster. Like, at, 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 at on one, of the, one out of those three years. I believe it is the first one after the first championship and then they go to the white house he gives the he gives the president a list of demands and then that's when he's uh blackball or as they say because that's not official but he ha- he's not seen in the league again after that so i would if anything i would i would i would think that you know what i mean um not only that but jordan didn't have a really good relationship with jerry cross jordan didn't have a really good relationship with management you know what i'm saying so yeah, it's a lot of that's a big part of what this is all about. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So Exactly. So it wasn't to to pin it on Horace Grant is just I don't think it's fair. I'm not letting Horace Grant completely out of the woods because I can see like it makes sense. It's logical because of his relationship with that reporter. But just the contents of what was said and what was leaked, that just I don't I don't see I don't see where Horace Grant stands to gain in in that. You know what I mean? Leaking that. Because <laughs> he's he's not a political guy at all. I don't see how that makes him good, but um, just a little off-court things that may not be well-known, uh, you know what I mean, around these times. Like I said, I know the narrative is that they're winning championships. Michael Jordan is selling everything under the sun. But I do like how they get into a little of the controversial things, um, especially in uh, Episode 6. When they talk about this book, uh, The Jordan Rules, there's also another book called Michael and Me, which I meant to write the guy's name down. I forgot to do it. I'll put it in some notes. Um, but the, uh, it was a book written. This uh, Michael Jordan was um, real... Real, I don't even know if I want to say real good friends. I say real good acquaintances because I knew that they uh, gambled golfing a lot. But it was uh, some white guy, I forgot. He's the one who wrote the book. But he, he outlines Michael Jordan's gambling escapades, um, which is supposed to be backlash because Mike owed him uh, millions of dollars and, and wasn't paying up on it or took too long to pay up on it, however the story goes. Um, but also folded up in there, uh, Michael Jordan has in a strange relationship. Like I just said, um, uh, it was revealed that, uh, uh, like I said, when Craig Hodges... Uh, uh, when the Bulls won the championship, Craig Hodges, uh, the Bulls go to the White House and Craig Hodges gives the president a list of demands. Michael Jordan is not present at the White House. Um, Michael Jordan tells the team that, you know, his family stuff, catching back up with family, didn't get a chance right. to make it. But it's found out that he was actually um, uh, golfing with a, uh, a known golf shark named James Slim Bowler, who was also uh, uh, indicted on drug charges uh, and money laundering charges. Um, uh, and Mike denied his relationship with the guy. Said that it was uh, gave him investment money. Uh, well, uh, I guess when he was picked up, when he was found, when he was arrested, he had a check uh, written to him for fifty-seven thousand dollars with Michael Jordan's name on it. Um, so Mike said, "Nah, this was just an investment or whatever. I don't really know him like that." Then, uh, as uh, the guy Bowler's trial goes on, Mike is actually brought in as a witness and has to confess that no, I actually had to pay a debt. I, I actually gambled with this guy. So. You know what I mean? Also, uh, more things that are not really outlined in Michael Jordan's career. Uh, all, all off court, nothing really on court that would um, uh, uh, diminish that uh, that uh, image of him. But just um, just off the court, like I said, he's always been so PC, uh, politically correct. He's all he's he's so mainstream. It's so easy to put a product in his hand and to sell it to any demographic of people. That when uh, news of this, these things happen, and uh, it's, it's it's like surprising. Um, so uh, uh, I know when I first read about that, it might have been over 10 years ago. Um, Zeke is a close friend of mine, so he knows. Like, I don't have any hate towards Michael Jordan. It's just more so that the God like that they put up on him. And a lot of things that people have to answer to today, 
Mike didn't have to answer to. And he has that stuff in his closet, too. So um, I like the way that the uh, the documentary pointed those things out. Uh, any words on that stuff, Zeke? Yeah, I like how it showed some level of him being vulnerable. Right. I think that was important. I think it's a part of the narrative. I think it also speaks to the first retirement as well, too, in collaboration with his dad dying. Yeah. And all that stuff that matters is a part of the story. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I, I think it, I'm glad they highlighted it the way it did. Um, I get to hear Mike's explanation, but then you get to see the perception right. that society had of the incident at that time. Right. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was. It was. Um. I don't know, man. Uh, the conspiracy. There's a conspiracy out there that. Um. Well. Well. Let's. Well. I won't even get into that. Um. Uh. Just yet. I'll get into. Uh, the, this is all the stuff happening off the court. On the court. Uh. Mike is. Uh. Doing this thing. Um. The Bulls are back-to-back -back champions. They're making their third run at a at a uh, three-peat. Uh, I think only three players have done it to this, or I don't know if anybody has done it to this. I, I, don't, I don't, and I'm sorry for misquoting. Um, just watch the documentary. Y'all know. Y'all y'all could get the uh, the official word, but um, he's he's basically uh, Mike has um, two nemesis, and those are Magic and and Bird, and and that's where he at this point. This is where this is who he's gauging himself uh, by. So as of this point, he's he, he sees himself as even with Magic and Bird. They both won uh, two championships. Uh, none of them have ever. They, they both won back to back. None of them have ever, ever won three in a row. So that's what he's going for. Um, and then uh, also of note, um, in the it's either the first or the second round, they play the Knicks. After a Knicks loss, Mike goes to Atlantic City with his dad, and a lot is made of that. Um, how do you think that that would be taken care of today? Like that, it's not on the same lines of Dennis Rodman is going completely across the country, but um, sneaking out of New York City because Atlantic City is not in New York. It's a little bit of a ride. Um, how do you feel about that, Zeke? I don't think it would be a big deal today, and I honestly think it was a big deal in the moment because of all the other gambling drama that he had surrounding him leading up to that particular game. You know right. what I mean? No, I feel you 100%. Say, like, look, I'm in New York. We're playing in New York. I'm going to just go to Atlantic City for the night, get my mind off some stuff. Right. And I don't know if it's true or not, but in a documentary, Mike said he was back by midnight. Right. Nobody's mad at that nowadays. Right. You know, it's folks will get on a private jet and go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For the next game. So I, I don't, I, that part wouldn't be problematic at all. Uh, they, and it shouldn't have been dent. The reason it was again was because of the the baggage he had leading up to that. Right, they, they was down old too. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, um, but as history shows, the Bulls come back. They beat the Knicks. Uh, they go on to beat. Uh, I forgot who they play in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Is it, I don't know if it's the. I don't think is it. I think the Knicks game was the Eastern. Conference. No, yeah, that was the Eastern Conference Finals. That was the yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. And so they, I think that's where we left off, right? They beat the Knicks and they're getting ready to go to. I'm pretty sure that was the last thing that we seen. Yep. They're getting ready to go to the championship, and I think the third. That that was against Barkley, though. Right. The third, yeah, because he talked about Drexler. He talked about Barkley a little. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about. Um, we talked about the last championship they won. He didn't want to be compared to uh, Clyde Drexler, and then this one, he was a little bit salty uh, that they had given the uh, the the MVP to Charles that year. Charles had was the uh, league MVP that year, and he said that he was a little sorry that they gave it to Charles, but he said that's okay. You win that one, and I'm gonna win the big one. So, um, yeah, that's where we that's where we left off on uh on the last dance. Um. It's causing a lot of conversation, a lot of side conversations that we got into the GOAT conversation. Uh, we got into the Zeke conversation. Um, we're getting into all of these Michael Jordan conversations. Um, 
I like it, man. I really like it. I like the things uh, that are being said. I, don't, I mean, I'm 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 a debater. I'm, I like I like the I like the, I like good conversation. I like uh, uh, opposite and polarizing sides of conversation. I actually just like for people to make good logical points. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think anybody is right or wrong. Uh, I just I just got finished posting that on Facebook. Like ninety ninety nine percent of the time when you have an argument with somebody, it's really just because your objective is wrong. Like. Like being uh, the objective is wrong. Like being right or wrong is really don't exist outside of like you know bodily harm or things of that nature. To me, um, what you're really trying to do is you you say your point, somebody says their point, and then you try to find some common ground. And I think that that's what I'm trying to do in my conversations. But I talk with a lot of people who are trying to be right. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the goal of the podcast is just to create conversation. Exactly. What happened? Talk about various opinions. Hopefully interact with folks in the listening audience to be able to get to that point at some point, maybe do it live. But I think that that is the beautiful thing is the conversation that has it has created. I think one of the interesting things is like listening to different people's narrative and how we've like created this space of social media where people could just like go back and rewrite history mm-hmm. and just say things that's just like not true. Yeah, now that's but, ridiculous. Yeah, but at the same time, I think the. The comparisons are great. I think, um, you know, I think the, the short part that they did highlighting the Dream Team was important. You know, you don't need to dive into that because there's so many documentaries about the Dream I was, Team. And that's what I was going to say. That's what um, I was Yeah. You know, I think the little Kobe part was good. Rest in peace, Mamba. Yeah. Um, and, 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 that, and that in itself spoke a lot to the GOAT talk. Right. Right. And, and that's what I wanted to say is just because, like, Kobe, Said and I think that you know what I mean like, like we keep saying rest in peace Mamba but he was very good as we were seeing with content one storytelling and putting his and 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 articulating his words and something that stuck out uh, that stood out to me was all of these people that saying I'm the one I'm the this I'm the this he like no you don't you don't get me without him it's so much like he's in me you know what I'm saying like and and that's basically and and both of them are in Brian. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where, because in early, like, you know, I, I have in recent, I, I have taken the side. Um, I have uh, uh, said I like Brian better than Mike uh, or 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 in, in past years. But um, the more and more I mature, the more and more I get older and the more and more one information I'm privy to, because it's always different ways to look at it. It's always one way, uh, more than one way to skin a cat, right? Um, when, you, when you have these conversations over and over and over again, um, it's not a really a repetitive thing if you're changing the circles you have in it with. Like you said, people are giving you different point of views. When people give it to you from their stance and you're like, oh, damn, I never looked at it like that. It's okay to have a change. Of, it's okay to change your opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so that's what the whole conversation is. That's what the conversation is about. There is no right or wrong side. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that fact of it. Just listening to people, different people's opinions of it and seeing it from different uh, point of views. The timing is impeccable. The content is good. Mm-hmm. And the combination of the two is just what we need right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm definitely looking forward uh to a wrap up of these last where are we at? Eight, nine, eight, nine, or no, we at uh seven, seven eight, eight nine, nine, and ten. Um Um I was I was privy enough to watch a leak, so I've seen up to eight. I'm not gonna give up any leaks, um uh or anything like that. There's really no leaks to give up. It's just it's it, it's good, man. It really gets um, especially when I talk about this narrative that Mike has and then also showing a little bit of a little bit of obstacles and Mike uh that Mike has. Um um one question that I do want to say or just get your take on it, uh one of the hot topics um that I do see 
and only because you alluded to it earlier, and it's uh, the era conversation. Um, completely void of who's a Hall of Famer. I mean, who's the GOAT and who, who's not. Um, who do you, I've, I've seen a lot of them, Zeke. One of them I saw uh, was a cut, start, and bench with uh, Steph, Steph Curry, Magic Johnson, and Isaiah Thomas. A component of that debate kind of brought up an era where whose era we playing in. Uh, I often like to hear, I also saw one, or no, I didn't see anything. Shaq is uh, quoted this week of saying that Michael Jordan would average 45 points per game in this era. Um, just to close out, you know what I mean, Zeke? Let's get some era talking, man. Um, what's, one, what's your favorite era of basketball? What's, what is your favorite era? Or this or that. Right. You know, so I, I it, it's difficult for me. Um, you know, I, I know that this is not my favorite era. <laughs> the current, right. Yeah, I, and the only reason I say that is just because I don't like the idea of everybody playing the same style of basketball. Yeah, that's terrible. You know, like what mm -hmm. happened to half court plays. Yeah. You know, we're we're we're, we're yeah. One team is running a triangle. You right. Know, another team is like a heavy screen vote. Another team runs the the UCLA high post, or another team like it's it's a lot. It's, it's nothing. Is that we 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 kind of we're evolving so so much that is. It's making a game. I don't know. It's, and then the no hand check too. You know, I'm a defensive guy. It's mm -hmm. much harder to play D. So, I mean, I know that this is not my favorite era, but mm -hmm. this is some of my favorite players to watch that we're watching right now. So that's what makes it difficult. But I don't know. But it matters though a lot when you're talking about who's the greatest of all time, and um, right. whether you're talking about positions or, um, um, or, or or teams or even individual players. Yeah, I just think. I don't one. I don't think Mike averages forty five points per game in this era. I just don't. I think Mike averages the same thirty that he averages. I think. I think he figures out a way to do that. Um, I don't know, Tone. I think. I think. I think. I think if you. I, so this is the hard part for us, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we didn't see Mike at his at his best, right? So so you know, in in you know, Shaq Shaq probably barely did himself. But when you talk about like '80s Mike, it's tough to say that he won't average numbers because it, he had a season where he averaged over 35. Yeah, I just I, I didn't say he won't average numbers. I just said he won't average 45. That's all. I mean, but Tom, if he averaged if he averaged 35 right during that time period, and if you just go by percentages, forget anything else, just go by how many shots he shot per game. Right. What percentage that was of his team's total shots, right? And then increase it by error, right? So if you had in in the eighties, if you had a game where maybe you had seventy five total possessions on average per game, mm -hmm. and he's maybe shooting probably knowing him shoot thirty out of them seventy five possessions, just right. all hypothetical numbers. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Now in this era. Just because of the, the change in pace, you're going to increase the possessions by like 25%. Right. So he's naturally going to get more shot attempts. His team is naturally going to get more shot attempts. Everything is inflated automatically. Right. So that's why I say I don't know. It's tough because if he's on a team where, and, and then we know Jordan's competitiveness, right? We can't say, well, Jordan didn't shoot the three that well because we know that as competitive as he was, he would have made sure his game fit today's game. Yeah, right, and that's the way Jordan see, plays in today's era, and he's not a three-point shooter. Right, but see, to me, that's 
to me, that's moving the goalpost. Like, I'm just going to pick Jordan up, put him down. I'm not putting in, oh, he's going to work on I don't know what he's going to do. I'm just going I mean, by what, that's what, I, what I'm, I'm just, pl- saying is this, I'm just plug got, and play. different errors of Jordan because when he's not, he, he becomes a better three-point shooter in the 90s, right? But he, he's, he's probably a better scorer himself in the 80s. Yeah, I just looked at it the other day. He got two respectable seasons of three-point shooting, and he only, and he took less than he took less than three uh, threes a game on both of those. So I'm I'm not that's that's why that like that's why that's what I be talking about. Like, but all of it gets inflated though, is what I'm saying, right? Because every if you're moving into today's era, you have to increase the number of possessions for everything. Right, and everything I, is increased. Yeah, I get all, I get all of that, man. I get all of that, and then the main thing I'm just saying, when Jordan averaged his height. When he averaged his most, when he averaged the 37, that league wasn't athletic. Like, that matters, man. And I'm not saying dudes about to be out here shutting shutting Jordan down. What I'm saying is dudes is going to be with Jordan the whole way to the to the hole. They're going to be getting in his way, fucking them up just like they do, the superstars now. And Jordan going to be crying and complaining to the referees just like the superstars now do. And he's going to be at around that 30, 35 points like Jordan do. I don't think I don't he. Know, I don't think he gets an increase of ten points. To me, that's to me that just disrespects what's going on here in the evolution of the game and athleticism. Like, am I? Are these are are the people in the league that are athletic, skilled? No, not by any means. But they athletic as hell. Like Jordan, not gonna be just running and jumping leaps and bounds over these people. Like we see people who are ass, who got higher vertical, bigger wingspan than a Michael Jordan do. They quicker and they faster. That matters. Are they better than Michael Jordan? No. Are they going to get in his way? Yes. Even if it's in a non-basketball way, that part of that part don't be getting taken into consideration. So I don't say thirty. I don't say forty-five. That's all I'm saying. It ain't forty-five. Like, yeah, he gonna I, do. I, 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 I think he. I think he could lead the league in scoring, depending on his team and his situation. I think he can too. And thirty points a game is going to get you leading this league in scoring. That's all I'm saying. I just. Me personally, I just don't want to disrespect what's going on here now. I don't want to disrespect evolution. Like we, right. like we've seen Michael Jordan. Like we've seen him. Like it's right. like it's like it's it's at least hundred and fifty Michael Jordans athletically. Understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying skill wise. I'm not saying with that mentality to zone in like no other. No, it is not hundred and fifty of those. Yeah, Derrick Jones is way more dumb athletic than Mike. Like he's crazy with it. They athletic. Like that person at the very least. Can run and stay with Michael Jordan, like that. Like, like take this. Like, and uh, this is another thing I was saying. Like that layup that everybody likes against Michael Jordan. Uh, th- that Michael Jordan made against uh uh the Lakers. Kyrie got to do that fifteen times a game to average the points that he averaged. Like people is doing. Like the stuff that we see in the Michael Jordan highlight reel is in people packages. Like and have to. They have to do it. Like so. That's what I'm saying. Like it's. It's like this era different, and I'm not trying to disrespect Mike because Mike's still going to do what Mike do. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 yeah, I just I don't think, I think I, point is valid. to say that he's just going to get an increase is to, is to say that these that these guys are really like on some. All right, cool. I understand I that. A, I think he gets an increase because of the increase in possessions. Right. That's all I'm. Saying. That's and I and I and I I'm definitely like understand that. Yeah. Everything right because right. It, it, because of the increase in possession. Yeah, that's something I didn't consider to begin with, and that's that's, that's valid. Not, that's very valid. Answer, like your argument about the athleticism, you know what I mean, is the counter argument to there is no hand check. Exactly. So those two are going to cancel each other out. I agree with you. I do think, but I'm just saying, my only reason for an increase 
is because of the pace of the game and the increase in possessions in gotcha. general, not right. because he better than this. You you see what I'm saying? No, I feel you. That, no, and I didn't. I, I definitely didn't consider the more like you know what I mean. The the the, the, the possessions because possessions are like yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Fifteen points a game today is just totally different, right? right? Because it's often today in today's game is it can be predicated on on minutes, position. And like just clean looks and right. the number and the percentage of clean looks that you make based on, you know, how many minutes you playing and what's the offense looking like and stuff like that. But, right. Um, no, I agree with you. Good points. You know, that's why the errors matter. It has a lot to do with it. And, um, you know, again, this is why I like the documentary because it creates these conversations. Absolutely. And then my last question, you got to chime in, man. Um, start, bench, cut, Zeke, M uh, Zeke, Magic, and, and, and the chef, man. It's hard because I didn't really see magic in right. in, in, in uh Thomas in their prom. So right. I I mean I can't how do I cut the best point guard that I've ever seen? <laughs> right, right. So I don't know, I can't Right. I don't know. Well I, I mean everybody say magic is the greatest ever. I'm not putting Steph Curry over magic. Right. How how can how do I honestly say Isaiah Thomas is over Steph Curry? Right. I right. can't see that. Not me. And that's why I wasn't saying and I've seen a lot of people I mean if I had to choose I will probably cut. I will probably cut Isaiah Thomas, and I will probably. Yeah. I mean, and, that's pretty much what we have to do because of our error. Exactly, and then after that, it's like now I need to know what error we play in to decide whether I'm starting Magic or whether I'm starting Steph. I don't know. Um, I feel like in a slower. I feel like in a slower paced game. I feel like in. I feel like in a in a slower paced game, I might want to start Magic for the size. And then, I'm not going on the record and making a choice. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just. Do that. I know. I can't. That one matters too much. I know. I feel you. You know, I'm going to just explain why I can't even entertain an Isaiah Thomas one. Right. Right, right, right. He's not the best in his era. He's not. He's definitely not. He's definitely not. And that's valid. That's valid. But and there's no Steph way. Is. Steph, Steph is. Steph is. The best the best Steph really the best is. And, and we were having a conversation yesterday. I was with E's. Uh, uh, Steph was threatening the throne. Steph was threatening MJ. Like Steph was threatening that whole conversation about two, two, three years ago. LeBron, like that seventy-three and nineteen, win the championship. We might be singing a different tune out here. Like, yeah, because then Durant doesn't join him and he stays on his own, and we see how you know. Not only that, but another thing that somebody you know puts on the Jordan, uh, uh, a Jordan, uh, a notch, uh, a notch that people put on Jordan's belt uh, is that Jordan changed the game. And Brian didn't really change the game. He and he took some things and enhanced them. He highlighted some things and he, he made. You know what I'm saying he didn't really change the game though. He dominated the game. Yeah, you can't change the game. Yeah, you can't like like people just can't start being six eight and two fifty playing basketball just because LeBron James is six eight and two fifty playing basketball. Like, but the style of play, Jordan definitely changed that. And I think that if that seventy three and nine team wins, um, and Steph goes on a run like that, and Steph three peats. And and has and has changing the game under his belt. I think in 2020 we having a different conversation. It's just something to think about. It's if you're if you're a basketball enthusiast, you know what I'm saying. Just and things, we are. And yeah, just things know, to think about. Hypothetical of him not joining. Yeah, Brian talks about how it impacts the rim, but how did it impact Steph? Right. I'm not trying to put Steph Curry in there. I'm not trying to sneak him in the conversation. I'm just saying because you know we got time on our hands. We have thoughts in our head. You know what I mean? Just it's just fun to think sometimes. You know what I mean, Zeke. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, man, the last dance is good. Um, other than that, um, I don't have anything. Like they said, they uh, basketball is pretty tentative. Um, 
Isaiah Whitlock made a comment. I don't know if we need to get into that. Uh, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, I think we got enough for this episode. We got enough. We got enough. I will say uh, prayers and prayers out to uh, to to the to the young guy Aubrey. Um, but yeah, man, y'all just stay cool out there uh, in these COVID times, these Corona times. Stay safe. Stay social distancing. Um, hopefully, we get back to. I know it's not going to be normal, but hopefully, we get back to some kind of workable, feasible way of living in the very near future. You know what I'm saying? But uh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, appreciate you, Zeke. We holler at y'all another episode of the Four Four Four, y'all.